we haven't played a game yet, but the word is already out that we've got some you know, crazy passionate fans, and uh, we can't wait to start playing hockey in front of them. You are locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. What's Kraken hockey fans? Another week of Locked On Kraken. And I am your host, Erica Lindsay. Ayala. Now, this is the return to five days a week. I will be traveling this week, so not all of the shows will be on YouTube, but once I officially make my move at the end of the month, we will integrate also five days a week on YouTube. So make sure you're following at Locked on Kraken. That's on Twitter, on Instagram, and of course, Locked on Kraken on YouTube. But for this episode, I don't know about you, but I've been having some FOMO. I know we're excited because training camp starts this week. That is exciting. But I've also been seeing a lot on social media about other teams having development camps and all kinds of tournaments and stuff like that. And we just, we don't got it. We don't, we don't have that here. So what I have for you in store on this episode of Locked on Kraken is I'm taking you around the Pacific Division to a few of our other Locked on hosts who do have some training camp updates or tournament style updates. So thanks to Locked on Ducks and Locked on Canucks, we're going to get a taste of what we're missing out on. Um, I'm going to start with uh, the Locked on Canucks show, because I think Lachlan gives a really good overview as to why even the training camps and development camps for teams that have been established in the National Hockey League is a little bit different. Of course, that's because of COVID. These types of camps are usually earlier in the summer and not so close to training camp. So first, let's head over to our friends Locked on Canucks to hear a little bit about... um, training camp. Now, this was Friday's episode, so training camp started, and most training camps and rookie camps, excuse me, uh, will end today, Monday. Uh, so just a heads up, but if you want to listen to the the entire episode, make sure you check out the show notes or just go find Locked on Canucks wherever you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. I am your host, Lachlan Irvin. Happy Friday. Uh, and happy be- kind of beginning of the NHL season. This is the this is the true mark of the calendar. We had the uh, NHL we had the uh, NHL schedule TV schedules drop, particularly for the United States, which we're actually going to talk about in the second half, particularly how it impacts the Canucks this year and the differences between the Canucks coverage in the states in previous seasons to now. But we're going to start today by talking about. Uh, Canucks rookie camp getting underway uh, today. Uh, we it's a it's a small list of players uh, coming in, playing, uh, doing some uh, rookie, basically the the development kind of the development camp that usually takes place uh, in about I be, I want to say July, like in late August is usually when this uh, comes around. Earlier prior to the season, uh, before everyone goes their separate ways, they usually come in. They play a they do some scrimmages with the coaches. They do like an open. Uh, an open scrimmage between all the the players that fans usually attend this year. It's a much a smaller affair. It's simply a weekend thing. 
Uh, obviously closed off only to media this time around due to COVID restrictions. But uh, we're going to be getting to see a few players making their debut in Canucks gear, or at least in the Canucks practice gear. Um, starting with, of course, Vasily Pudkolzin, who who's uh, who's arrived who arrived in Vancouver uh, last week. Uh, he'll be he'll be skating on the ice uh, this weekend, as well as um, as well as uh, I believe uh, Danila Klimovich. He'll uh, the their forty uh, first overall pick in this year's draft. He will be here before he makes his trip over to I believe the OHL next season for his first junior year in Canada. Um, but overall, it's a very small cast of players. Normally, again, it's a lot more of a you know there's a lot more invitees. Uh, guys on AHL contracts. It's not so much a rookie camp as it is just a develop a regular development camp. This year, it's very much uh, exclusive to the players 21 and under. Um, there's and right now in the Canucks uh, cupboard, there's only about uh, there's only uh, eight forwards, three defensemen, and uh, one goalie showing up. I should say two. Mike DiPietro is filling in, but he's not really uh I don't think they're counting him as a rookie there. He is just there to be the second goalie cuz they don't have one. Uh another one. Right now it's good. the only goaltender they have in that rookie group coming in to uh to Vancouver this weekend is Archer Silovs who played uh with the Manitoba Moose last season. He was loaned out to them uh to keep him in Canada playing games. Um also joining the uh, them this season, some players you might be a little more familiar with from their time uh, with the Utica Comets. Uh, Ethan Keppen will be joining. He is, in, uh, he is only under an AHL contract, as well as a couple uh, Canucks draft picks. Uh, Jet Wu, obviously the 37th overall pick in 2018, and Carson and Carson Folk, who played with, who played uh, with Jet Wu on the uh, Calgary Hitmen. Uh, prior to uh, prior to joining the Comets, and he and he is of course a uh, 133rd overall pick in 2019. So again, we hear what the Canucks are experiencing, even having to bring in someone that's a not so much a development player in, so that they had two goalies. And I think we'll see that certainly around the league and the Pacific Division as well. But again, I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm certainly having some FOMO. So it's good to kind of learn and understand what hopefully we can expect in the future. Of course, we have to keep in mind that the Seattle Kraken, while they do have their sheet of ice, uh, for the their um, training site, of course, the Kraken Community Iceplex, Climate Pledge Arena is not ready yet, and there's no AHL team, no affiliate as of right now. So, you know, um, not to mention COVID. So there's a lot that the Seattle Kraken have that is very unique, shall we say, from any other NHL franchise, uh, an expansion team to date. So hope to, when I'm in Seattle, get a little bit more clarification and understanding maybe of of what we can expect moving forward and, and quite honestly how the Seattle Kraken are navigating knowing that they, they didn't have that rookie camp or prospects camp. So stay tuned on that. But coming up next on Locked on Kraken, we're going to head over to... Locked on Ducks with a little taste of Locked on Kings and Locked on Coyotes 
as we get a roundtable from, again, a few other people in the Pacific Division and what their teams are doing when it comes to their prospects and rookie camp. But before we do that, I want to tell you about a new sponsor that we have, and it's coming to you right on time, especially if you are into not just fantasy hockey, but fantasy sports overall. That is Fantrax. Fantrax Free NHL Fantasy Hockey League Manager is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. And if you sign up for a free account today... As a special offer for Locked on Kraken fans, you'll be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com backslash Locked On and sign up. Now, this is the top dynasty fantasy hockey platform in the industry. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty keeper redraft and best ball leagues. Go deep with the Ultimate Keeper and Dynasty Leagues, create a simple redraft league, or even a customizable best ball league with up to 2,000 teams. Coming from another service, Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and and customize if needed. Ever have a trade go wrong or make a mistake in dropping a player? Well, if you've had leagues on Yahoo or ESPN, migrate to Fantrax for a better experience. Fantrax commissioner tools allow you to undo any move with one simple click. Among the most trusted names in fantasy sports since 2008, offering hockey, football, baseball, basketball, college basketball, college football, golf, soccer, and NASCAR. If there's anything lacking in your current Fantasy League manager, Fantrax likely has it. Fantasy sports doesn't sleep, and neither does Fantrax, with the seasons running 365 days a year on their platform. There's a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrax make it the permanent home for all their fantasy leagues. So again, sign up for free today and be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey, and yes, simply go to Fantrax.com back slash locked on and sign up that's fantrax.com backslash locked on fantrax the home of fantasy sports and since you're in a fantasy league of course you have to keep up as much as possible with the games and if you're like me and you're an eye test person the best way to do that of course is to get your tv together yes we're talking about direct tv stream it brings all of your live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place no more juggling remotes no need to buy another device ever again and the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com and remember compatible device is required and content varies by package all right as promised we are going to go over to our good friends at uh locked on Kings, so that's Sarah Avampado, Locked on Coyotes, that's Robin Leano, and your host with the most over at Locked on Ducks, and that, of course, is JD. So here we go. 
Um, so this is called Previewing the Rookie Face-Off, featuring Sarah Avampado and Robin Leano. Uh, it's a triple crossover. JD and Robin and Sarah have a really great conversation about this rookie face-off. Again, not really something that we over at the Kraken are participating in, but maybe in the future. And if you listen to the podcast, you can hear them talk about all of the different prospects, um, how the face-off works and who hosts and all of that goodness. But here's a little bit of a clip. This also coming from Friday uh, or from last week. So J.D. Hernandez, Sarah Avampado, and Robin Leano talking about the rookie face-off. Again, we're really talking for... Uh, we're talking about, excuse me, some of the ways that our Pacific Division rivals are getting a good look at their prospects. We still got AHL, so for one mm-hmm. for one more year. Mm-hmm. Oh, until they until Palm Springs comes in. Yeah. Are they still are they still going to move? That's not. I don't think that was decided. Uh there's rumors about that, but I mean, we could talk about that next season. Because we, we we can enjoy this rivalry for one more year, likely, in our AHL divisions. And especially this might be a really good year for Tucson. Hey, I mean, yeah. we, we could have more fun in Tucson. Yeah. Yeah. No more burrito crimes, though. Well, just don't go to a large. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, we could have solved this problem for you. So, folks, I, I should point out that I had the large Sonoran burrito. It's like the sm- size of a toddler. <laughs> it's it's a 13, 14 inch bacon wrapped burrito. It was massive. It was delicious. Literally like a small cat or something. Yeah, and it was delicious. I mean, yeah, I probably I- won't after that, but. Oh, my stomach hurts just thinking about it. <laughs> So let's talk about this tournament, shall we? <laughs> yes, let's get to the tournament. Uh should be a fun one. Um, again, uh, I think what, uh, how many teams are in it? Six? Six. Six teams. Los Angeles, Colorado, San Jose, Anaheim, Vegas, and Arizona. Any game that doesn't include Arizona is going to be at the Ice Den in Scottsdale, which is where the Coyotes practice facility is, on the east side of the valley. And anything including Arizona will be all the way over on the west side of the valley at Gila River Arena and potentially, yeah, it's, I'm not happy about that part, but. It's in Glendale. Yeah. Yeah. I've made the trip to Glendale a couple of times. I hate it. Yeah. (laughs) I've, I've been to that arena. The lighting is just horrible. Yeah. It takes me, took me, uh, it, it takes me 90 minutes to get to downtown Phoenix. Add an extra 45 minutes to an hour to get to Glendale. And it's not no, even that far. Hard. Not even that far. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, it's just bad. Um, the Ducks don't really play Colorado. Actually, they do. The Ducks do play Colorado. So, I mean, whose team wants to go first here <laughs> as far as their schedule and whatnot? Or You can because you have it open already. That is true. So, I guess, I guess it... Beauty before age or age before beauty. So what does that even mean, Jason? Come on, JD. So the Ducks begin their three-game tournament today. That's Friday, September 17th. So they play against the San Jose Sharks at Ice Den 
5 p.m. Pacific time or 5 p.m. Arizona time. So that's Friday. Then they have Saturday off. Sunday, they play the Youngins of the Colorado Avalanche Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m., also at Scottsdale. And then they play the Arizona Coyotes or the Kachina Clad Monday, September 20th at noon Pacific. Gee, I wonder which, yeah, the team with the best jerseys against the team with the worst jerseys. Who are you taking there? Arizona. But (laughs) the Ducks have an interesting schedule there because San Jose's prospect pool is, uh, can I be honest here? Can I be completely honest? Yes, we are. Half the guys on the Barracuda, I could not spell out their names. Sarah thought they were fake boys. They are. And I thought, oh, these guys just have no talent. I've seen games where the Rain and the Ducks just obliterated the Barracuda last season. It was awful, not close. And then I look at the prospects for Colorado. They're decent at best because Colorado put all their chips in the basket of, you know, get their NHL team good. And then and then there's Arizona. Arizona's got a slew of prospects. There might be a bloodbath on that last game, and it might be Arizona to be honest. But that's the schedule. Um, Colorado, San Jose, Arizona. We don't get to see the Kings. Nope. That sucks. Don't worry. Whenever this the tournament is in LA. Oh, there is going to be one. Yeah. But can I talk about the roster for the, for the ducklings really quickly? I will call them the ducklings from now on for this particular podcast. So the goalies, Roman Derny and Gage Alexander. Gage Alexander is 6'6", about 225 pounds. A lot like Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, having watched him at the rookie warm-up, there are some similarities there. The lateral movement is about the same. The forward movement is very similar to Vasilevsky. I think fans are going to be impressed with Gage Alexander. Despite the fact that he is going back to the Winnipeg Ice this coming season for the Western Hockey League. But mark my words, in two years, he might end up making some noise right up there with Luca Dostal, also of the San Diego Goals. He can make some noise, just saying. And Roman Derny's there too, but he's from Slovakia. He's he's a pretty adequate goalie. I, I like him. But, you know, what great players have come from Slovakia or Slovenia or either of those countries? I'm only kidding, Sarah, because you're right here. But not plenty of good players come from there. Um, Robin, how do you like going up against Jamie Drysdale on Monday? That's going to be a fun matchup because we know, everyone knows Drysdale's really good. Right? We saw him, uh, I mean, a couple times in the last year, in the last year. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, yeah, it's it'll make for some fun matchups. Yep, that's oh, for sure. There's, an, there's another skater like that, Olin Zellweger, one of the best skating defensemen from this year's draft. Put Drysdale and Zellweger on a defensive pairing, and they'll just skate circles around everybody, including the Coyotes' prospects. Robin, I'm just saying, put those two together. I mean. I got a chance to, oh, uh, uh, I, I, you know, a good friend of mine got a chance to watch the uh, prospect scrimmage for the for the Coyotes just this last Monday, and he pointed out two defensemen who look like they could very well make a at least an attempt push for an opening day 
uh, roster final spot. Those uh-huh. are Giannis Mosier and Vladislav Provenev. Um, they do have Provenev. Yes, we got Provenev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a fascinating matchup. To, to me, it's it'll be more fascinating to see which pairings go up against certain guys for the Coyotes. That's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, I'm also fascinated with the forward lines, and you know who I'm going to talk about for about 20 seconds. Trevor Zegris. Oh, yeah. The wonder kid who just turns 20 years old, played last season with the Ducks, played with the Gulls. Believe it or not, a roster spot is not guaranteed for Trevor Zegris yet. There, there's that rumor. He might not make it because they're so forward heavy in Anaheim and the Ducks only have five defensemen signed. One of these prospects is going to make the Ducks. And the forwards, they might barely see San Diego. And just to go on some of these guys, Braden Tracy, he's really good. Trevor Zegris, we know about, obviously. Jacob Perot is another player that you got to watch out for. So keep your eyes on Perot and also keep your eyes on Mason McTavish, who was the third overall pick this year. And I got to give some love to some of the goals from last season. Jack Bedini, who Sarah saw uh, with the Chicago Steel. I did, yes. Hunter Drew, who's a converted defenseman, now a forward. I don't know why. I mean, Hunter Drew did okay on forward. And then you have Bo Grew, who I liked a lot. And someone else that I will give a shout out to because it turns out that his family hears the Locked on Ducks podcast, but he's really good. Alex Limoges. Watch out for Alex Limoges during this prospect tournament. And again, that's just a taste, but thank you to Robin, Sarah, and J.D. Hernandez for not only giving us a little bit of a taste of perhaps what to expect in the future, but I just really like the back and forth. You know, they they have good chemistry, those three. And uh, coming up next on Locked on Kraken, I do want to send you back over to Locked on Ducks and a little squad cast, as I like to say, or crossover episode. Uh, Once again, Sarah Avampato is going to join J.D. Hernandez, and they were able to record on... Mexican Independence Day, which, of course, falls within the month of um, Hispanic Heritage Month. So I talked about this briefly and I gave a shout out to uh, Ryan Soto Clark and myself because why the heck not? But I am very into highlighting and amplifying the diversity and the um the equity and gender balance that already exists in hockey. There definitely can be more, and I could go into several episodes as to why we see this divide. But what's also important to remember is that we're not just seeing Austin Matthews pop out of nowhere. And what I really appreciate is that JD and Sarah talk about the intentionality behind some of the franchises in the National Hockey League when it comes to diversifying to a Spanish-speaking community. I also love that they give stick taps to Al Montoya. I actually hosted a roundtable with Al, and um, he is so passionate. He's Cuban like me. I'm Cuban and Puerto Rican. But Al Montoya talked so much about the need and how he wants to see the National Hockey League and 
USA Hockey, it was a USA Hockey panel that I was moderating, do more to highlight the history of Latinos and Hispanics and Spanish-speaking or Spanish uh, of Spanish-speaking descent players that are in the pipeline. So again, I could go on for days about this, but we're going to close this episode of Locked on Kraken first, hearing from JD and Sarah, and then I'll give you some final thoughts and resources for those who want to know a little bit more, again, about those with Latino or with Latine and or Hispanic descent. They're not exactly the same. It's one of those like rectangle square things. But again, we can do another podcast on that. But that's what's coming up next for Locked on Kraken. Before we talk about Hispanic Heritage Month and Mi Gente Presente, let's talk about Built Bar. Now, Built Bar, as you know, probably if you are a longtime listener, first of all, Thank you so much. But if you're new, hey, welcome. But uh, Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So just a few things you should know about Built Bar. They have nine traditional, original, mainstay, staple flavors. That includes raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, and my, which is my favorite, as well as cookies and cream and coconut, my sister's favorite. And some people just... You know, they want a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'd be fine with a whole box of just double chocolate. But if you want a little variety, try their mixed box in which you get two of each of the nine flavors. Uh, Cherry Barcia, of course, is in there. Cookies and cream orange. So and here's the here's what I love about Built Bar. They're protein bars. They help you stay energized. They help you make sure you're getting in some nutrients on the go. They have four to five grams of net carbs, 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories per bar, and only four to five grams of sugar while also being covered in chocolate. That's truly my favorite part. So what we're offering you is if you go to built.com, you use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order at built.com. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Happy snacking. All right, let's head back over to the Locked on Ducks slash Locked on Kings crossover, or as I like to say, squadcast. So we're with Sarah Avampato, your host of Locked on Kings, and J.D. Hernandez, your host of Locked on Ducks. And they are talking about specifically Mexican heritage, but also expanding that to Hispanic and Latino heritage, because, again, we are in Hispanic Heritage Month. But again, this was recorded on Mexican Independence Day. So I loved that tie in. Thank you for that, J.D. Hernandez. And in this episode, I'm not going to play the whole thing for you, but I also love how they talk about um, some of the broadcasters coming up. And in fact, here's your Blake Bolden reference of the day. I spoke to Blake Bolden, who is not just working as a scout for the L.A. Kings, but also is working to help do just that, to um empower and create a more diverse network. And I asked her about what that means for the Spanish speaking community. But we also had a good time just enjoying this call 
from an Adrian Kempe goal. So I'm going to play a little bit of that. This comes from my women's hockey podcast, the Founding Four podcast. You're in a market where a Spanish-speaking yes. market uh, culturally uh, and definitely that permeates into sports. You talked about Stanley Cups. I know a little bit about men's hockey, a little bit, a little bit, especially when I see a name like Martinez that gets a game-winning goal for a Stanley Cup. So, I mean, I, like, I just want to know, like, what are some of the ways that you hope to infuse, uh, like, a Spanish-speaking community, especially yeah. being in Los Angeles? Yeah, that's a great question. We actually have, ha- have a Spanish-speaking broadcaster and, who is calling the games, and it is so cool and so fun to watch like it is like we who is it Andre Kempe he had three goals and he was like go 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 like longest goal ever like FIFA soccer para de larga distancia buscando desvío y el gol gol De los Kings! Kempe! 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 Hat trick! Yes. I think, you know, I think that's just another sector of being inclusive and saying, you know what? Listen to this, watch this, understand this, right? I absolutely love that call from Francisco X. Rivera, who has been on Sarah's podcast before, I actually reached out to Francisco. Uh, when I do video, I, I try very much to add captions. And I couldn't, I, I don't speak Spanish, but I, I understand it. I can listen to it. I can read it and understand it relatively well. But his there was something that he said in his call that I didn't understand. So I reached out and he sent me the transcript so then I could add that to my video. So Francisco... Uh, we haven't spoken in real life, uh, using our voices anyway, uh, just through message, but huge fan of you. I love to see what you're doing. And as Sarah and DJ talk about on their podcast, hope that you get more work, buddy. Um, anyway, that leads me to getting over to what Sarah and JD did talk about. And then we'll come up, we'll come back and wrap up this episode of Locked on Kraken. Today on Locked on SoCal Hockey, guess what? It's Mexican Independence Day. Isn't that great, Sarah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about it on today's Locked on SoCal Hockey, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your teams every day. How's it going? It is September 16th. I normally don't date the episodes, but it is special because today is Mexican Independence Day, and both of our teams are in Southern California. So we want to wish everybody out there a happy Mexican Independence Day. Yeah. yeah, great day. Yeah, great day. That's how you always say it. I follow your cadence all the time. So, <laughs> yes. Nothing? Nothing. Nothing. All right. So, we're going to talk, we're going to go off the board today and talk about some of the Mexican-born players and Latin-born players that have played or are still playing in the National Hockey League. And as it turns out, there's a pretty decent list of players. And I mean, I'll also preface this by saying, well, A, it's also just of heritage so you know 
it would be really the day we have like an actual legit hockey player born in Mexico who you know or or another Latin American country who plays in the NHL is going to be super rad. Anyway, it's a decent list if you are compared like there's like eight of them, <laughs> so it's a decent list in that it's more than zero. It is more than zero. Yeah, you know you look at the list twenty years ago and the list was one, two, two, yeah, two. That was it. And now you have almost a dozen. Mm-hmm. That's that's progress, at least. Absolutely. I think the biggest progress is that we're also getting players in the Southwest that are playing, mm-hmm. that are born out here in Arizona, like Austin Matthews, mm-hmm. or in Southern California, like a Matt Nieto. Mm-hmm. And I do. Where wanna... is he from? He's from Long Beach. Thank you, California. <laughs> you it's it's you contractually obligated to Matt Nieto from Long Beach. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's how we call him? Yes, that's Matt Nieto. He's from Long Beach. Matt Nieto from Long Beach. Uh All right. So, I mean, Scott Gomez, one of the first players of Mexican descent. He's actually an old New Jersey devil. And I'll give a shout out to my buddy Dylan, who actually got me a Scott Gomez figure, Scott Gomez figurine, which I think was super cool. But he played in a slew of teams, including the San Jose Sharks. You know, he was kind of one of the first ones, along with Al Montoya you know, I mean, even that alone had a big impact back then, didn't it? Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, especially when you look at building hockey through, you know, the Southwest, through the Sun Belt, through whatever, you don't do it without kids seeing players like them. Um, we all know that it, it's you, you see more and more kids and that say, you know, Austin Matthews is who I look up to. And, you know, because they know his heritage, they know his story. Um, you see it a, a ton. If if you pay any attention to like USHL, uh, particularly, uh, you'll see a lot of kids. Uh, I mean, there's a movement in Florida, partly partly to the the Tampa Bay Lightning, most likely. But you know, you see a lot of kids coming out of Miami, a lot of kids coming from Cuban backgrounds now who are you know getting into hockey. Uh, and yes. if you pay attention to the junior ranks, you're going to start to see a lot more. You know, people who aren't Braden Mick Alberta. <laughs> well, I mean, you brought up a very good point I hadn't thought about, so I'll ask you this very frankly. Do you think maybe in about seven, eight, nine years, do you think we're going to see that big of a shift as far as Cuban more players? Because we don't really have any mm-hmm. Cuban players, just the one Almontoy, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that'll be, it'll be interesting. I, I know that the Lightning in particular have done, mm-hmm. I know Tampa and Miami, two, two different places, whatever. But I know the Lightning have done a lot to encourage youth hockey. I'm sure the Panthers have done stuff too. They're just quieter because they're the Panthers. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that we're seeing more kids from that area get into hockey and get into, you know, maybe they might not make it to the NHL, but they play in college and they go through to the ECHL or something. Uh, so I think it's only a matter of time until they start building that elite talent level there. Yeah. And more to your point, you know, because we cover both of our teams, both our junior teams mm-hmm. have a couple of players of Mexican descent mm-hmm. on those teams, both on the junior ducks and the junior Kings. I don't hide this. I do also help out with youth hockey locally, the Ontario Moose, Junior Kings, Junior Ducks, Junior and like, et cetera. And I'm starting to see kind of a shift mm-hmm. here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. That's nothing but a good thing. Yeah. You think we'll see any of those players possibly make I mean, some kind of headway? I hope so. I mean, it's fun now. I mean, it's, it's, it's not quite the same, but just in general, looking at hockey, youth hockey in Southern California, now whenever the like under 18 list for uh, USA hockey and stuff come out, you start to see a lot more like Long Beach, a lot more kids from 
the Southern California yeah, area. La Mirada. And, right. And not not just kids who are the sons of or daughters, for if you're looking at the women's teams, the kids of NHL players who happen to play for the Kings or the Ducks. Again, if you want to listen to the full episodes, and I highly recommend that you do, of Locked On Canucks or Locked On Ducks slash Locked On Kings slash Locked On Coyotes, I will have the link in the show notes for you. I'm always going to give love and some stick taps to my other Locked On hosts for the NHL Network in particular, but especially want to get us a little bit acclimated with the Pacific Division as those are the teams that we are going to see the most here for the Seattle Kraken. But for Locked on Kraken again, I travel out to Seattle on Wednesday. We have camp training camp that's starting on the 23rd later this week. And then we have preseason. We have preseason. I will be covering the second uh, two preseason games of the three. The first game actually coincides with the Seattle Storm of the WNBA, who will be hosting the second round of the WNBA playoffs. The first two rounds are single game elimination. And if you make it past there, then you go into the series semifinals and final. So good luck to the Seattle Storm. They are looking to repeat as WNBA champions. They won in the bubble, which is lovingly known as the Huabble that was in Florida. So I will have some of that on my personal social media at elinz08. But if you want to check out all of my behind-the-scenes BTS stuff for the Seattle Kraken, definitely make sure you're following me throughout the next two weeks. I'll be in Seattle for two weeks. And you can follow me again at elindsay08 and follow the show at Locked on Kraken. I also want to give a shout out to Ty Dane Gonzalez, one of the hosts of the Locked on Mariners show. And he will be, I'm going to read this tweet and I'll leave it in the show notes. For my Seattle backslash Washington folks, I'm giving away two tickets to the hashtag Kraken training camp on September 30th, time TBD. To enter, all you have to do is follow me, follow Locked on Mariners, and that's at L-O underscore Mariners, and retweet this tweet. Entries close at 7 p.m. PT on September 23rd. So if you haven't secured your tickets to preseason as part of the depths, then make sure you're following Ty Dane Gonzalez. I put it out there that also if you're following Locked on Kraken, maybe maybe you'll get some special recognition. But I, I honestly don't know if that's true. But Ty, if you make that the case... I'd, highly, I'd really appreciate it. But anyway, I think this is great that Ty is doing this. Um, training camp, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. And um, I might be able to add to the pot here, but I'll let you know about that. Coming up this week on Locked on Kraken, we're, st- we're going to talk, of obviously, training camp. We're going to talk about the preseason games. And I do want to get us ready for what we can expect in at least this year, the AHL, which of course is the partnership with the Charlotte Checkers. So thank you so much for listening to Locked on Kraken. When you're in the car, walking your dog, 
getting, you know, your morning routine together. I appreciate you. And I will see you tomorrow on Locked on Kraken. This is your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala, signing out. Betting on the National Hockey League doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.